Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, November 4th. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. After four White House officials signal they would not give scheduled te- depositions on Capitol Hill today, Democrats on the attack, issuing subpoenas for two of those witnesses as the impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump continues to grow. A series of new polls revealing clear frontrunners in the race to take on President Trump in 2020 will have a special report on who's ahead and who is falling behind. And he was an icon of Spanish-language media, passing away over the weekend at the age of 87. A special look at the life of Walter Mercado, today on You News. We begin this show with the presidency in peril. Lawyers for the whistleblower agreeing to answer questions from the GOP, but on their own terms, keeping the person's identity under wraps. This has new polls show rising support for impeachment. Here's the very latest. Lawyers for the whistleblower are making their clients available to the GOP, accepting questions that the whistleblower will answer in a written format under oath and penalty of perjury. Now we have offered directly to the GOP. They have no excuses, says the lawyer. Republicans expected to reject the offer. I think that individual should come before the committee. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan saying you don't get to ignite an impeachment effort and never account for your actions and role in orchestrating it. The president joining in on the calls for an in-person testimony. The whistleblower gave false information and dealt with corrupt politician Schiff. He must be brought forward to testify. Written answers are not acceptable. Where is the second whistleblower? He disappeared after I released a transcript. Does even exist? Where is the information? Con. On Sunday, lashing out against Nancy Pelosi. I think Nancy Pelosi has lost her mind, and I think, frankly, that she should go back home to San Francisco. This as the people closest to him refused to go on the record with a clear answer on if there was any quid pro quo. I feel confident about the fact that Ukraine has that aid and is using it right now, that it's because of this president that they have at the last pre- the last administration. You, you very notably won't say yes or no. It doesn't. Quid pro quo, yes all, or no. I just no. said to you. I don't know whether aid was being held up. And Fort witnesses failed to show up for a deposition Monday, defying congressional orders. Among them, two National Security Council lawyers, the assistant to the president, Robert Blair, and Brian McCormick with the Office of Management and Budget. Some say an executive privilege prevents them from testifying, others refusing because a White House lawyer can't be with them. Meanwhile, three new polls, including one from Fox News, show almost half of voters, 49 percent, want the president impeached and removed. I have the real polls. The CNN polls are fake. The Fox polls have always been lousy. I tell them they ought to get themselves a new pollster. Today, the House Intelligence Committee has started releasing transcripts of the depositions they've conducted so far. The public will now be able to read the testimonies of former Ukraine Ambassador Marie Jovanovich and also former State Department advisor Michael McKinley. 
A federal appeals court on Monday ruled that President Trump cannot block the Manhattan District Attorney's Office from subpoenaing his accounting firm for financial records. A three-judge panel on the Second Court of Appeals said that presidential immunity does not bar the enforcement of state grand jury subpoena directing a third party to produce non-privileged material, even when the subject matter under investigation pertains to the president. But the court noted they were not ruling on all of the sweeping claims of immunity that the president's lawyers claim. The president's attorney, Jay Sokolow, says he will appeal the ruling to the United States Supreme Court. And more legal issues for the president, the writer E. Jean Carroll, who accused President Donald Trump of raping her years ago in a Manhattan luxury department store, has filed a defamation lawsuit against Trump after he said she was lying about her claims. Carroll's suit filed in Manhattan Supreme Court is one of several that has been filed against Trump in connection with his denials of allegations about sexual misconduct. Thank you, Claudia, for that report. And for more on the polls released on Sunday, let's go to Professor Charles Zeldin of Nova Southeastern University. Thank you for joining us, Professor. The three polls uh, by Washington Post and ABC and Fox News and NBC News and Wall Street Journal show Biden, Warren and Sanders leading the pack and Buttigieg in the second tier by himself. We're still a year away from the election day. But what do you make of those numbers? Uh, what it means is they sort of separate it out. We now know who the top four likely candidates are. Most likely, it, the candidate who's going to get the nomination will be among those four unless one of them implodes. So what's happened up to now, the last six months, has sort of narrowed the race down to the most likely candidates, two moderate, two progressive, one young, three not so young, all of whom have a strong case to make to the Democratic uh, primary voters. And we'll have to see which of those arguments uh, gains traction in the early states and then especially on Super Tuesday about a month into the uh, primary process. And Professor, another survey released by the New York Times Upshot and Siena College shows President Trump trailing behind Biden in the battleground states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida, and Arizona. And the only battleground state in which Trump is leading Biden is North Carolina. Is this good news for Biden? Oh, it's definitely good news for Biden. It's still pretty early, though. Uh, a lot of voters haven't made up their minds which way they want to go. What it is is sort of a snapshot into the collective views of Donald Trump, because a, 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 an election like this is really a referendum on the sitting president. So what this says is, is that Trump is not all that popular. Whether he can change that, he doesn't need to get that much of a change in order to win the Electoral College. But those are the states that Trump must win if he's going to get the presidency. The fact that uh, the Democrat is ahead bodes well for the Democrats. And when it comes to Senator Warren, she released details on how she plans to pay for her Medicare for All plan. Do you think she can sell this to a trillion, this trillion dollar plan to the American people or is it a long shot? I think she can sell it to him. The key element here, the thing that she really has to get across is stop looking at taxes, look at total cost. 
we're all paying a high tax for health care, but we pay it to our insurance companies. If the amount that we pay to our insurance companies is is more than the taxes we'll need to pay for Medicare for all, it's a win. If it's the same, it's still a win because you'll get better coverage out of it. But will she be able to A, show that, and B, will she be able to convince people to look at that and not just, oh my God, my taxes are gonna rise. That's a hard sell. If she can succeed, however, it bodes really well for her chances of getting both the nomination and winning the presidency. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And, Professor, moving on to Pete Buttigieg, rising slowly but steadily, will he become more of a focus? Will he focus more during the next debate um, scheduled for November 20th? What I mean is he's going to be more of a focus? Yes. Uh, he's moved into that top tier. And when you're in the top tier, that opens you up to attacks both from the people in the bottom tier, but also other members of the top tier. It's still a generally genteel debate between the Democrats. They're not going for the jugular, but they're getting more specific about where they differ, why they differ, and why you should vote for me and not the other people. And they, he's now part of that mix. Uh, if he can survive the process, uh, he's got a good organization in Iowa, uh it's a it's a it's a state midwest state he stands a reasonable chance of having a win there uh the, the irony is what we may end up have happening is Buttigieg winning in iowa bernie winning in in new hampshire warren winning in nevada and and biden winning in south carolina and then we're at super tuesday where a quarter of the states are going to all vote on the same day and we'll determine who the real leader is uh may not happen that way but there's a good chance it could as well. Well, thank you so much, Professor Zeldin, for all of your input and helping us anal analyze this information. Glad to help out. A report from the Washington Post says that smugglers in Mexico have breached new sections of the border wall. The Post report cites U.S. agents and officials with knowledge of the damage who say that smugglers are using reciprocating saws to cut through steel and concrete portions of the fence, creating openings wide enough for people and drugs to be smuggled through. Smugglers are also using makeshift ladders to climb up and over barriers in the San Diego area. And on Saturday, President Donald Trump was asked about the Washington Post report about criminal gangs breaching the new border wall segments. That is, and this is what he had to say. I haven't heard that. We have a very powerful wall, but no matter how powerful, uh, you can cut through anything. The president also said we have a lot of people watching. Cutting is one thing, but it's easily fixed. The Post reported when a breach is detected, a welding crew is sent to fix the opening. And in Ciudad Juarez, along border canal between Mexico and the United States, Mexican and American faithfuls gathered to hear an open-air mass on Saturday to pray for migrants who have died in pursuit of the American dream. Dozens of parish priests and members of dioceses in Mexico and the United States were flanked by flags from various countries at the mass. Migrants in limbo in Mexico as they await asylum hearings in the United States were also at the mass. 
Milwaukee police say they've arrested a 61-year-old man accused of throwing battery acid at another man's face during an argument. The victim says his attacker called him, quote, an illegal and told him to, quote, get out of his country. Diania Ponte reports. 42-year-old Mahur Villala shows the second-degree burns on his face from a battery acid attack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin last Friday. Villalas, a U.S. citizen born in Peru, says the alleged attacker questioned his immigration status when he entered a restaurant. The guy was standing in the corner waiting for me and had a bottle in the hand. He asked me why I was invading his country. I told him I was a U.S. citizen and then he poured the acid on me and my reaction was to turn my face. The acid also destroyed the two layers of clothing Villalas was wearing, but he says the emotional wounds left by the attack are worse. The incident has generated angry reactions from organizations and community leaders in Wisconsin, and they are demanding justice. He's a U.S. citizen. No one's going to ask about our status. They're just going to judge us by how we look. For now, Mahur Villalas cannot return to his job as a welder because the injuries don't allow him to wear a protective mask that is mandatory for his job. Reported by Viviana Avila, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. Now to New Jersey, where more than a dozen men were arrested on charges of attempted sexual assault. The suspects allegedly tried to lure teenagers into their web through social media. Peggy Carranza has the details. The accusations against these 19 men are terrifying. They allegedly tried to lure children for sex through social media chat apps like WhatsApp, but they were actually communicating with undercover cops from the state of New Jersey, a crime that seems to be happening more often. The security expert recommends parents to stay vigilant. The parents, ultimately for a minor, uh, pay for the devices, whether it's the phone, the computer, the internet, etc. They pay for it, so they should have direct access and they need to supervise the content and the communications of who they're talking to. According to the New Jersey Attorney General Gerber Grewal, the suspects believe they were seducing girls and boys between the ages of 12 to 14. Most of the arrests occurred when the suspects arrived at homes where police were waiting for them. More than two dozen law enforcement agencies participated in the operation. We could do these every week, bring all these resources together and pick up 20, 30 people each week. That's how prevalent this is. Some parents, like Rosanine, told us how they protect their children. I always tell them they can't have a password because I have to see what they post, said Rosa. Other recommendations are to be familiar with the most popular apps and games and check their security settings. In Union City, New Jersey, Peggy Carranza, U News. A television icon passed away over the weekend in Puerto Rico. Walter Mercado, the world's renowned astrologer who made his home right here on Univision for years, was 87. Galo Arellano has much more about his life and legacy. Walter Mercado passed away Saturday night at Auxilio Mutual Hospital in San Juan, Puerto Rico. According to his niece, the cause was kidney failure. He was 87 years old. During his last moments, he was surrounded by his closest family, who said that he left in peace.
Y tristemente, pues, tenemos que morir para poder... Sadly, we have to die to be reborn. In one of the last interviews he gave to Univision in August of this year, he looked cheerful and healthy. No one would have imagined that in a few weeks, the media would be announcing his death. The public wants Walter cute, pretty, and at least with his pretty little clothes. Walter commented recently to the Puerto Rican daily El Nuevo Día that he had a cough and was getting treated for a fracture he sustained during a fall at his home earlier this year. When he traveled to Miami for his medical appointment this summer, he didn't feel well, something that went largely unnoticed by the public. His mystical name was Shanti Ananda. Walter Mercado was born on March 9, 1932, and grew up on a sugarcane farm in Ponce, Puerto Rico. His enigmatic life was shrouded in mystery, like the tale that says he was born on a ship traveling between Spain and Puerto Rico. Ever since I was a little boy, I asked everything. My mom would tell me, when you ask and knock on doors, something happens. He used to say that he was always a sick child, and different, obsessed with the stars. The astral world was always his fascination. I dreamed that someday I could be in front of an audience and I could change their consciousness. He also said that at six years of age, he was able to predict that a bell at his school would fall. And the bell fell in the middle of the room and people are not prepared for the miracle, for the magic. He was also an actor and a dancer. He participated in theatrical productions and founded the School of Dramatic Arts, Walter Actors Studio 64. In 1969, the singer Camilo Sesto did not make it to an interview on a television show in Puerto Rico, and Walter Mercado had to step in and improvise a description of the 12 zodiac signs. In that moment, his astrology segment was born. In the 90s, his success in Puerto Rico brought him to Univision in Miami. His astrological segment quickly rose in popularity on the show Primer Impacto. Receive from me always a lot of peace, but above all, a lot of love. His most famous phrase made him popular throughout Latin America. His segment on Univision lasted 20 years. Among the predictions that bolstered his credibility were Bill Clinton's ascent to the presidency and the death of Mother Teresa. In 2012, he suffered a heart attack. I learned that we are not a piece of flesh. Human body is just a vehicle, a little car that we use for a while, and then you let go, you forget it. Undoubtedly, his charisma was one of his greatest gifts. Andres Echevarria for U News. Now to our series Second Chances, where we take a closer look at the difficulties people face after leaving prison and how they solve them. Today, the story of Venezuelan mother who served more than 10 years in prison. She started to transform her life while she was behind bars. And now that she's free, she's making the most of her second chance. Roger Borges has the story. Inaida is a proud mom of two beautiful boys. Uh, this is the, what I enjoy the most being a mother. When her children were less than two years old, Iraida Wanipa's life changed drastically. I make a phone call to verify that uh, my client's baggage have arrived, and I went with my clients to pick it up, their baggage, and their baggage contained cocaine. I was not aware of the, what was inside their baggage, and I was arrested. In 1996, she was charged with possession with intent to distribute a controlled substance. She was convicted and spent more than 10 years behind bars. I wanted to die. The most difficult part being separated from her two young boys. I went, they put me in Tallahassee uh, 
500, 600, 700 miles away from Miami. And I saw that I was not going to be able to survive. But not only did she survive, she thrived, staying active by helping others get ahead. At that moment, I was not aware that I was, why I was doing it. Um, I was not aware that, aware that that was going to help me at my relief. I just was doing it because I had it to keep my mind busy. While serving her sentence, she received hundreds of awards and certificates and started introducing programs to make a difference. Decided to try to do some changes inside the Bureau of Prison, like programs for mothers with children like me. In the year 2007, this Venezuelan mom got a new lease on life. After paying her debt to society, she was finally set free. But soon, a harsh reality set in. It was another hard time because I was relieved from prison, but the bonds with my boys were broken. With time, the bond with her boys grew, and so did the institute she started in prison to help people reestablish family and community bonds after incarceration. We go to halfway houses to talk to people that had been released from prison, and tell them, I tell my story, I tell them what, how much we can do it. I tell them there is always a lie after one of her goals is to change the stigma attached to those who've done time, and the evidence is what she's managed to accomplish. I got four college certificate, an associate degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and I am a year and a half away from my PhD. She's forever grateful for her second chance. And yes, there is a hope. We can always amend our life. There is not only a second chance, there is a third chance too. Uh, many chances if you want, because life is beautiful and love prevails above everything. In Miami, Roger Borges, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your news, your world, U News on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. Let's go now to Annabelle Sedano with what's trending, including drastic changes to Airbnb policies. Annabelle, take it away. Hi there, that's right, and we begin with this. Airbnb is banning party houses at its rental properties. This following a deadly shooting that left five people dead at one of its rental homes in the San Francisco area. Airbnb detailed a new course of action, saying it's implementing a more stringent guest screening program, creating a party house rapid response team, and anyone found in violation of the upgraded policies could be removed. Forget using helicopters, drones are being used to ignite controlled wildfires. Drones Amplified is selling their equipment to the U.S. Forest Service and Department of Interior, among other agencies, giving them a payload that they can attach to a drone, then using an app to control the system and strategically start fires to starve them out and stop them from spreading. 
And finally, here's a membership you may want, Lyft Pink. It's part of Lyft. It costs 20 bucks a month. And for that, you get 15% off all rides. The service also gives members free bike and scooter rentals, as well as priority pickup at its airports. The company says Lyft Pink members will not pay lost and found uh, items if they are left behind in a car. Cancellation fees are advertised as relaxed for members. A launch is expected later this year. So there you go. There's an option for you. I'm Annabelle Sedano, and that was your Daily Dose of Tech News. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.